Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. I've got a word that I want to share with you and um, I want to talk on a topic and I want to take it from the story in John 11. And I'm going, to, well, I'm going to start reading at verse 1 and then, and then I'm going to jump through a few different parts and pull a few different parts out of it. And, uh, and for sake of time, I won't be able to read the whole thing, but you can look at it later. But in John 11 and verse 1, it says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death. Or this sickness, another version says, will not end in death. But for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. If you skip down, you'll read, and as you can, you can read it later on, but the story goes that Jesus, after He declared that over the situation, He gets presented with this situation that is not good, this situation that doesn't uh, have a lot of hope in it, a situation that is difficult. Not only is it difficult, but... It's a situation that's close to Jesus' heart. The Bible says that when they told Jesus about Lazarus, it said that the one whom you love is sick. How many know sometimes those situations are harder when that's close to your heart? When you're walking through a, a, a difficult situation and, it, and, it, and it's something that's dear to your heart, it seems to attack us in a different type of way. But what happens is when Jesus declares over it, He speaks over it straight away and He says, this sickness will not end in death. Then the Bible says that Jesus stayed. He stayed where He was two more days. And the Bible says that later on He approaches the situation and He comes, you know the story if you know it. But Jesus, when Jesus is told of the situation, Lazarus is sick. By the time Jesus gets there, Lazarus is dead. And Jesus gets to the tomb and the Bible says that that, that Mary and Martha are there and, and, and Martha runs out to Jesus and says, you know, it, it's when he says, roll away the stone, she said, it's it, the situation, paraphrase, but in other words, the situation's gone too far. It's too bad. He's been dead for days. It stinks. It's not good. And she says, if you would believe, he challenges her faith. And then, you know, the story, Jesus speaks, tells him to roll away the stone and raises Lazarus out of the tomb and Lazarus is raised from the dead. I've been looking this week and looking at this topic or, or studying. I began first by studying Philippians 1 verse 6. And if you know the verse, but the verse, you can write it down, go to it later. The verse in Philippians 1 verse 6, it says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it, until the day of Jesus Christ. I want to talk this morning just for a few minutes, maybe an hour or two. All the visitors are like, is he for real? I want to talk to you about a good work. 
And the reason why I want to talk about it in reference to this story of Lazarus is because the story of Lazarus gives us a bit of a, an example or a bit of a picture of what sometimes a good work can look like in our life. How many know when we talk about a good work, you hear that and you can get excited and think a good work means that things are going to work out the way we thought they were going to work out. That when we talk about a good work, you've got to understand that when God declares over your life that He's doing a good work, sometimes in the process of a good work, we can take a detour or a left turn or a right turn that we didn't expect. But understand that you've got to have faith that even though it took a turn, you didn't know what was going to happen. If God declares a good work in your life, then a good work is exactly what's going to happen despite what goes on in the process. Have you ever, men, I need to talk to the men here. Have you ever begun, or maybe there's some women here, you ever begun a project? And it's a, it's a project, maybe you get the tools together and, and you get some timber and you set it up in, in, in the garage. And you approach it with such great expectation. You approach it if it's like me. You know what I'm talking about? I'm a planner. You get the tools out and you lay it all out. It just feels good, doesn't it? Maybe some of the men in your neighbourhood, they'll come over and they'll stand and gather around your garage as well and watch you do it. It's something we like to do as men. Don't we? It's something about tools that just attracts men from everywhere. And you prepare and you lay it all out. And then about halfway through, you hit a little bit of a snag. You hit a little bit of an obstacle. And what do we do, man? We leave it there because, say it with me, man, we'll get to it later. Come on, any man want to be honest this morning? We're going to. But then enter our wives. See, they don't have the same level of faith that we have, men. You know what I'm talking about. There's a project currently in my garage so much so that we cannot pull our car into the garage. My wife said it to me this morning when we went to, the car is hanging halfway out the garage with the door up. And she said, we need to fix that. And I said, baby, ye of little faith, I will attend to that later. It's a good work. That there's a process of the good work, even though the good work is delayed right now, the good work, baby, the good work is about to come to pass. Any man know what I'm talking about? If you've ever put together an Ikea project. Come on, Ikea, that's like a cuss word in my house right now. Those little stinking, you ever put together the project? You build the little shelf. Man, it looks so good. You finished it. It's done. It's awesome. And then you look in the bag and there's about five screws. And you look at those screws and you're like, I don't know where you're meant to be. But I'm not going to let you interrupt my good work. Sometimes when we talk, we talk about a good work. The Bible says that he tells us in Philippians 4 verse 6, Paul is speaking, he's actually speaking to, the Bible says he's speaking to deacons, to teachers, to church people. And he says to them, be confident, be confident in this. 
You need to know and be encouraged this morning that the good work that God has begun in your life is something that you can be confident in. Confidence, when it speaks of that, it's talking of an assurance, of a stability, of knowing, speaking of a faith that there is a good work in the process. This is what we see Jesus operating in this story of Lazarus. Jesus is in, he's hanging with the disciples and they they run up to him and they say, Jesus, the one you love, Lazarus, he's sick. What does Jesus do? Jesus declares the Word of God. When you declare the Word, you begin, He begins His work. And if you've declared the Word of God over a situation, then you need to know that the good work has begun. Even though you might not have seen, you might not be seeing things happening in the natural, if the Word has gone out, then the work has begun. Because the Word says that when the Word goes out, it'll do what it's set out to do. So the moment you declare the Word, this is what happens with Jesus. Jesus gets told of this situation and the moment He hears it, the second, His first response, this will not end in death. Bang, the Word just went out. Jesus had such a confidence in the Word of God, such a confidence, such an assurance in what He was declaring out of His mouth, so much so that He then kicks back. He takes two days to chill, talk about a faith. As if to say, you know what? I've declared the Word out over this situation and I've declared that it will not end in death. So because of that Word I've declared, I can take my hands off in knowing that God's in control and a good work is going on over there, even though I'm not even there right now. Jesus had this, this faith. Do you have a faith in the good work that you've declared over your life and over your situation? Man, when you speak that Word of God, you've got to get excited. Don't, wait, don't allow your, your praise to wait for the situation to turn around in the natural in front of you. Allow your praise to start coming out in knowing that the good work has gone out and the work has begun. It's happening right now in your life and in your situation. When he's saying good, it's speaking of a faith in knowing that God is in control. Confidence is key to a good work. The thing about a good work, it says that when Jesus spoke it out over this situation, he says this situation will not end in death. He says, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God, may be glorified through it. One of the great things about a good work is a good work is all about God's glory. And how does God get glory? God gets glory out of reaching down into a bad situation and pulling out of a bad situation a good work. How does God get glory? The worse a situation is, the greater the glory God will get. So if there's anyone here that has a real bad 
situation. Let's leave the nice, easy ones that we can work out on our own. Let's put those to the side. I'm talking about a situation where you have absolutely no idea how God's going to work it out, where there's a need that you don't know where the finances are going to come from, where there's a marriage situation and the bitterness runs real deep and the hurt runs real deep, where there's a family thing going on with your kids and the kids are a long way off. You've got to take faith in knowing that, you know what, this is a good work and God's going to get the glory because it's so bad. The only way it can come good is when God's miracle working hand gets on it. It's a good, it's a good work. Tell someone it's a good work. He is doing over your situation and over your life right now under the sound of my voice. If you've declared that word. He's doing a good work. He's, he's, he's orchestrating things right now that you can't even see. You don't even know what's going on. You think it's all crazy. But under the surface, He's doing a good work. In fact, it's about to be so good that no one's even going to even think of giving you glory. People are going to look at it and I want to declare it over you. People are even going to look at it and say, this thing is crazy stupid. This has got to be a God thing that's happening in your life. Someone's about to get a miracle and God's about to touch you in a way like you never thought possible because that's how good He is. It's a good work happening in your life and in your family. Give God praise right now for a good work. There's a marriage, there's a marriage that God's about to save. There's a marriage, it's so you're about to give up. You're about to pack it in. It, there is no hope. It would be, listen, it would make sense. If there was a little glimmer of hope, you would stay in it. If there was a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, you would remain in it. But you're about to pack it in and give it up because you think it's dead and buried. But I want to tell you, God's about to do a good work. If you would have a confidence in knowing that God can come and touch this situation, the thing about a good work is when something's dead, it's not really dead. Jesus came and Jesus spoke. Jesus declared. He said, roll away the tomb and then tomb. And then He looked straight into darkness. Something about a good work, confidence in good work that'll stir you enough to speak to darkness. To call light out of dark places, to declare a good work and call goodness out of a bad situation. God's about to get the glory. Don't give up. Listen, and I feel I'm speaking to someone. Don't give up hope. He's about to do a good thing. Don't give up on your kids. He's about to do a good thing. Don't give up on your business. He's about to do a good thing. Don't give up on that marriage. God is about to do a good thing. The Word's gone out. Don't leave the game too early before the comeback happens. You ever been in a game? You ever been in a game and five minutes before the end? Team's down. It's over. It's finished. In the natural list. I felt the Holy Spirit just say to me, some of you are packed up and you're headed for the parking lot because you thought the game was over. But I want to tell you, He's a God of comeback and you're about to step into a comeback. I want to tell you, you might be down, but you're not out. You might have taken a hit, but you're not dead yet. Don't leave the game because your comeback is coming. I feel faith this morning, church. I feel someone's about to step into a miracle for your life. It's a good work and the game's not over. Give God praise. He's the king of the comebacks. 
I feel the Lord doing something in hearts right now. It's a good work. Let's take a few minutes, a few seconds and give God some praise for a good work. Come on, I don't know what you're believing for. I'm not trying to hype you, but I feel faith in my heart for your situation right now. It's a good work. It's a good work. It's not over. God's about to get glory. Man, I feel, I feel, I didn't feel this in the 9.30. They must have come a bit half asleep. But the 11.30, I feel like came ready to play. I feel some faith. Come back. That was good, that thing, Pastor Javon. Leaving the stadium. I wish I had written that down in my notes. Could have preached a whole sermon on that. See your present circumstance in the light of His future promise. It's a good work. The thing about this, this good work is when Paul said it, he said, He, capital H, He began a good work. What He's doing, understand that what God is doing in your life, He's responsible for it, not you. It's His good work. It's his business. You didn't call yourself, he called you. If you called yourself, then you would need to take some responsibility. Then you would need to carry the weight of it. But, but you didn't call yourself, he called you. Man, when we first, when, we, when Chris and I first came here a bit over three years ago, I was in, in Melbourne, Australia. I'd lived in the same city for, for 34 years and I had you know, my family there, my friends there, the ministry there, every, everything that I knew. You get so grounded in a place. It's, but then when you, you uproot completely, we moved here and uh, we, we came, we didn't, know, we didn't have a clue what we were doing on any level in our life. I didn't, and we, got, we got put here and... and, and Put here in the church. We didn't know how to lead a church. We got here in December. We got engaged in February. We got married in May. We got given the church in January. And we did, I didn't know how to lead a church. I didn't know how to lead a family. I didn't know how to be married. I didn't know. I didn't have a bank account. I didn't have a mobile phone. I didn't have a social security number. I couldn't get a social security number without the different IDs, but then I didn't have the different IDs because I didn't have a driver's license, but I couldn't get a driver's license without the social security number. And then I couldn't open the bank account without, I was talking to all the different people on the phone. I said to them, I feel like the DMV, the bank and the social security, all of you need to get together in one room and just talk about how you can help me out because you're all working against each other right now. We need to do a little intervention, you know, like let's all get together and let's like do a little meeting on how to help Ben live his life because you're making it really, really hard. But I remember praying and I remember seeking God and I, and I remember finding it, to be honest, I remember initially finding it so difficult, so hard, trying to get sermons to preach, trying to work out how to be married, trying to work out how to lead a church. trying to, And then all of a sudden I was walking, I remember walking down the street one night late at night praying and I felt God speak to me and say, Ben, I called you. And it hit me all of a sudden. I thought, you know what? You called me. And if you called me, then you know what? This is, these are not my problems. 
It's time for you to step up, God. This is your calling on my life. It's your problem. So you take it. I can't do it. I want to tell you, it's God's calling on your life. It's God, listen, marriage is not man's idea. It's God's idea. Therefore, He's responsible for it. Your kids, it's not, it wasn't your idea. The Bible says that He knew them before they were formed in the womb. Therefore, God's on it. His hands upon them. It's His idea. It's His calling. It's His good work. God didn't give you that business idea. You're not that smart to come up with it. It came from God. Therefore, God is responsible for it. And if you would believe God in faith, God will do a good work and turn it around and do something supernatural upon your life. It's not yours. It's His. Someone give God praise because it's His. It belongs to Him. It's all His. He's in control. He can do it. He can deal with it. He can manage it. Sometimes we've got to take our hands off and say, you know what, God, I'm not, I'm not doing this. We're trying to carry a weight that we're not created to carry. When you start feeling that heaviness, that burden, that's where you've got to remind the devil and say, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. If I'm feeling a burden, that's not God's will for my life. And say, God, you know what, you deal with this. I can't, I can't do this on my own. I, I need you to take ownership over this. So often the reason why God can't is we're so in it. Our hands are so on it. We're trying to work it all out. We're trying to orchestrate it. We're trying to strive. We're trying to manage it. We're trying to do all of these different things. And God is saying it takes faith to let go and let God and declare, you know what, this is God's working. God's going to do it. I can't do it on my own. Lisa to God is His good work. Jesus shows up. He walks on to this scene after he has declared the good work. He walks on and he comes on with such faith in knowing what's about to happen. God doesn't allow anything to come into your life that he doesn't know what's happening in the end. God's good over your life will always trump the enemy's bad. Sometimes we've got to in order to build faith, remind ourselves of how many times God has come through. That's why praise is so important. That's why I'm going to talk more about it tonight. But that's why whenever they went to conquer new land, the, the Israelites who were the 12 tribes and, and God spoke to them and said, I want the tribe of praise, Judah, to go first. That's why he says that when we praise, he says, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise, When we praise Him, we're thanking Him for the things that He's done. And when we thank Him for the things that He's done, it builds faith in us because we're reminded that if He did it before, He can do it again. That's why God spoke to Joshua when they crossed over the Jordan and said, build a memorial, a remembrance. Put stones here so that the others will remember the goodness of God. It's remembering the goodness of God and it's a reminder that God's in it. Sometimes in order to keep moving forward in faith, you've got to take a moment and look back at what God has done. And remember, you know what? God's in this. God's in this. God put us together. He's in this. God called me here. He's in this. God provided the provision to start this business idea. He's in this. God's hand's been on my kids. He's in this. I remember seeing my, my parents go through difficult times when all of us children would rebel. Well, the other children I didn't because I'm such a sweet guy. 
But and I remember that they would have to think back at each one of them when they were in church and, and when they were dedicated to the Lord, different preachers or different prophets or whatever would speak out a, a prophetic word over their life and say some things that they're called to do. And my parents said I had to go back at times and remind themselves of what God had declared over their life as a reminder that God's in this, God's doing it. It's a good work that God is doing in your life. The good work that God is doing is a, it's a deeper work as well than your situation. When we talk about a good work and we're touching on some different situations, maybe it's a family thing, maybe it's a business thing, it's a marriage thing, whatever it might be, a, a physical healing. We declare and we speak out a good work over the situation. That's what we're Often that's what we, we, we default to. But when you look at this verse in Philippians, what Paul says is being confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you. He doesn't say he who began a good work in your situation. He says he who began a good work in you. I want to tell you, church, that as we declare a good work out over our life, the first place that God wants to do a good work in is not our situation, it's in us. That's what happened in this story. If you look at this story that we're, we're talking about, it says that in verse 14, 11 verse 14, then Jesus said to them, Plainly, because Jesus had been talking and Jesus had referred to Lazarus and said, Lazarus is asleep. And when he said that, he was actually meant that Lazarus was dead. The disciples were a bit slow. They didn't understand that. And they said, well, if he's sleeping, he should stay sleeping. It'll help him feel better. And Jesus like, okay, boys, you're a little bit, a little bit slow on the uptake. When I said sleep, I meant he's dead. The disciples have this, this sort of moment and they freak out and everyone around them is freaking out. But look at what Jesus says. And Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. In verse 15, he says, and I am glad. I'm glad. Look at this for your sakes that I was not able, that I was not there. And look at this next line that you may believe. We look at this situation and we think this is all about Lazarus. This is all about God wanting to raise Lazarus from the dead and it's not. This is all about God wanting the disciples to believe. See, often when it comes to a good work, we're believing God for a breakthrough and asking God for a breakthrough and God's not looking for a breakthrough, God's looking for a believer. Because understand this, the breakthrough is not difficult for God. It's not God is already because, of it, because as we declare that everything was done on the cross, full and complete, we have to understand that God has already done it on the cross. It's not the breakthrough that we need to happen. It's God wanting a believer to step up that He can bring the breakthrough through someone into the situation. See, we, we focus so much on what we, what the things that we want God to shift and move in our life. But God is focusing on who we are. God says, don't worry, don't worry about that situation. 
That's, that's done. I can, that, that's, that's already done on the cross. I'm, wearing, I'm trying to do a good work in you. And you keep looking at the situation. Because we forget how relational God is. He's not this robot that if we tick all the boxes and push all the right buttons, He will show up in our situation and transform it. It's a relationship that He wants to cultivate between us and Him. And God says that if you would believe and have faith, then I can release the breakthrough that I've already accomplished on the cross and I can release it, but I have to release it through someone that's a believer and through someone that's full of faith. What if the good work you're praying to happen in your marriage, God is waiting and holding back because He's waiting for the good work to happen in you? What if the good work that we're praying and believing for to happen in our finances, God wants it to happen in us? What if we're holding back the good, the very same good work that we're believing for. This is where we church, we've got to search our heart. And when we look at this verse in, first Philippi, in Philippians 1 verse 6, we've got to ask the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, would you show me the good work that you have for me, for my life? Lord, would you come into Holy Spirit, would you show me that's where church, we've got to humble ourselves and, and you can plead the blood and you can declare and you can speak out and there's power in that. But do it first in our own lives and in our own hearts and say, Lord, show me. Because God wants to do it through us. God wants to do this good work that we're, that we're declaring. He wants to do it through us. And we position correctly in our hearts for the good work. And lastly, as we come to close in Keys and Carmen, this story, it's a process. You see this. It's understanding that when God, when we declare a good work, and if, as we begin talking about it now in regard to the good work God wants to do in us, it's a process of good work. It's not like we... It's not like we come into church and all of a sudden we're there. The Bible says that when Paul's talking about it, he says he's going to continue doing this good work. And look at it, until Jesus comes back. That means that for us, we have never, ever made it. We've never arrived. You don't get to a stage in your Christian walk where you're like, you know what? I've got this thing all together. In fact, I've found the moment you feel like you're at that stage, you're about to get hit. But look, because look at what Jesus does when Jesus comes in and Jesus speaks over Lazarus and says, Lazarus, get up, come out. It's interesting that when Lazarus comes out, he comes out wrapped in grave clothes. If I was Jesus working a miracle here, Roll with me for a second. I would cause Lazarus to come out, you know, like a nice suit, like dressed nice, clean. You could preach that, you know, a new sermon, step from darkness into light. It's all gone, past is finished, come out fresh. But the reality is that when Jesus calls us out, sometimes we still carry remnants of the past. That we are saved. Yes, we've been risen. Yes, we've been set free. 
But we then begin the journey of the good work. Because Jesus then says to the disciples, unwrap his grave clothes and let him go. This is a picture of the role of the church in the good work. Why didn't Jesus do it himself? Why didn't Jesus just pray over the grave clothes that they would just disappear? Why didn't Jesus unwrap Him Himself? It's a picture for us of what church needs to be. That we're not people coming in here every Sunday pretending like we're all together. We're just people that have been raised up, but we're still wrapped up. We're people that, yes, He set me free. But you know, I've got some wrappings a little bit where my unbelief keeps creeping back in. And I'm coming to the house of God. I'm saying, would you help me just just deal with, help me unwrap some of this unbelief? Yes, I've been set free, but I'm still still carrying this, there's this addiction that still is, uh, is still in my life. I'm still looking at things I shouldn't be. I'm still acting away. I know I shouldn't be acting. I'm still talking away, but we have to create space in church where it's okay for people to come in that are carrying a few grave clothes. Where it's okay for people because let me tell you something, we come in, And we sing a pretty picture and it looks nice. But the reality is we're covering, we're covering our wrappings. When we can get to a stage where we are secure enough in who we are in Jesus Christ. Where we've created an atmosphere or an environment that's safe enough. That's not, where there's not condemnation and there's not religion. Enough for us to actually say, bro, listen. Can you help me with this? I got this, I got this arm unwrapped. I dealt with that. I left that one in the grave. But it's this one here that's still wrapped up that I just because I found something is I found out something in church life that often what you might be still wrapped in, I might be unwrapped. But there might be things that I'm still wrapped in that you're unwrapped. So that's why when James talks, he said, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. That's what he's talking about. When I tell you about, tell you about what's going on in my life and you share with me, iron can sharpen iron. We can strengthen one another and we can step into the fullness of what God has for us. But we've got to be willing to say, you know what? Still on the process. Still on the process of a good work. I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've been in church. I don't care how much scripture you know. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how how well you can preach. You're still on the journey. Man, I'm on the journey. We sat down this week, Caressa and I, we were both laughing because we didn't know why they asked us to do it. We sat down and talked to Couples in Covenant. Come on, anyone from Couples in Covenant doing it? Man, they sat us up there on the couch, asked us about marriage. Oh my Lord. We don't know what the heck we're talking about. She said, how do we do? She said, Chris has said to me the day before, I don't think we can go to this. Because we're still, man, we're on the journey. 
But do you know that, and I can say this because I know under the sound of my voice what the Holy Spirit is doing. The moment I said that, so many of you that are struggling with things just felt empowered to think, you know what? Well, maybe if Ben gets up there and preaches and he's doing and we're doing what we're doing in church and he's saying that they have some challenges too, maybe we're not doing so bad. Maybe God's, maybe there's still hope for us. That's the power of sharing where we're at. It's life, it's the journey. I want to tell you, He's doing, He's doing a good work. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. The game's not over. You may not be where you want to be, but you're not where you used to be. God put it together. God orchestrated things. And there's a good work. I feel someone getting encouraged by the Spirit of God this morning. Encourage yourself in the Lord. I'm doing okay. It's a good work. It's a good work. We're doing okay. Sometimes you've got to look at each other as a married couple and say, you know what? We've taken some hits, but we're still here. Come on, we're still here. Look at your spouse and say, we're still here. I know, we're, I know you want to slap me sometimes, but we're still here. That's the girls wanting to slap the guys, just to clarify. We're still here. It's a good work. And I want to pray right now. And I want to pray that people would be encouraged. I feel like God wants to encourage some people. And I bind every spirit of guilt, condemnation and isolation that would try and isolate people from the body of Christ. Try and cause people to feel like you've got to do it on your own. God, I pray and I declare unity. I declare wholeness over every person here right now in Jesus Christ's name. I bind every attack of the enemy over families, over marriages, over homes, over businesses, over finances. Now, anything that's trying to stop and hold back the good work. And I thank you, God, that you are faithful to complete it. And I thank You, Lord, that as we declare the Word of God, that You are doing the good work right now. In Jesus Christ's Name. If there's anyone here in this room under the sound of my voice with every head bowed and every eye closed and you are not right with God, you don't know Him as your Lord and Savior. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed.